This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We are not experts in anything we discuss today. And as always, there will be spoilers. Please enjoy accordingly. I'm Sunny. And I'm Scooter. And what's the name of our podcast? This is Swap People. This is indeed Swap People. <laughs> it's been a long day. We're doing this. We're film, uh, recording this, not filming. We're recording this um, after a long work day. Ironically, recording this on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. So we're going to discuss the Netflix series Wednesday today. Uh, we just finished a rewatch. We'd watched it prior to this, but uh, it had been a while, so we had fun watching again. Uh, it is not spooky season yet. Uh, it's kind of spooky season. We're dipping. We're dipping our toe. At the time of recording, we're dipping our toes in, but this will be released during spooky season. Yeah. So this will be the middle episode for October. Yes. We're actually we're going to be recording back to back two days in a row, because today we're doing Wednesday. Tomorrow we're going to go see the Meg. <laughs> Me- Meg two, the trench. Yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go watch that so we'll we'll discuss that later but it's kind of funny we're getting a couple weeknights sunny we're gonna introduce a new segment for you today oh lord it's at our alligator it is our alligator fun fact segment I'm gonna, not an alligator fun fact i'm gonna ask you a trivia question uh i'm not gonna be able to answer I'm it gonna let you have, well i'm gonna let you have one guess we're gonna see how close you get oh baby as an alligator's teeth are worn down, they are replaced. How many teeth does an alligator go through in a lifetime on average? I don't know. How many teeth do they have to start with? <laughs> like, uh, if they get worn down, alligators live pretty long. So let's say ballpark 500. 500 teeth in a lifetime? Yeah, they live a long time, and they're they get pretty big, and then like when they're small, right? Well, are we averaging out? So here's the question: Are we factoring in how are we determining what we're saying the average is? Because like most baby gators don't make it to adulthood. Are we only averaging out adult gators? Are we averaging all gators? Because if it's all gators, the number's going to be whaler. So this, I, this is I'm just pulling this from a sheet of alligator fun facts, and it says an alligator can go through blank teeth in a lifetime. Can so go, ass- not average. It's not. Um, yeah, it's not average. I'm assuming that they're saying the the number of teeth that an alligator can go through in a lifetime, and you're gonna try to guess that number. I I already guessed five hundred. Five hundred. So that's a little high. Are you sure they go through five hundred teeth in a lifetime? No, I told you I would not get this correct. Well, I'm not asking about getting correct. I'm just asking, are, do you feel confident that you're in the ballpark? You're close with 500. I think they live a long time and they mm-hmm. got a lot of teeth. Okay, if you're sure, that's a pretty high guess. What's the answer? 3,000. Jesus. You're sitting there telling me, oh, it's too high. Mm. Well, yeah. I didn't say it was too high. I said it's a high guess. Are you confident in that? What would you have guessed? I don't know. I'm the one who asks the alligator trivia questions. 3,000 teeth. That's wild. It is. All right. Well, alligator fun fact. Alligator fun fact. All right. So what's our next segment, Sunbear? Oh, no. Well, I think our next segment is me reading through the notes you sent me. I didn't know if that's how we wanted to start or if we wanted to sort of preview, like uh, give a synopsis of the show Why first. don't you give a synopsis? That's usually what we do. <laughs> it's oh. been a long day. Sorry, y'all. Uh, the Netflix series Wednesday is obviously adapted from uh, the Adams family. But in this version, we just follow Wednesday Adams as she attends... A school called Nevermore Academy, which is for people called outcasts, who are essentially like non-humans. So there's like werewolves, vampires, shapeshifters, uh, sirens, and 
medusas and such gorgons i guess is the um and uh wednesday's special ability is that she gets psychic vision specifically she gets like omens like negative psychic visions and basically stumbles upon a murder mystery of a monster that's been killing people and over time we try to figure out who the monster is and is it a student at the academy is it one of the normies that's in town do you have well do you have any general thoughts you want to say before we started on my notes or i really like this show it's something that i was thinking about when we were driving home today was that this is one of those institutions where who doesn't love the adams family the adams family is iconic right and it's iconic because of the movies in the 90s with christina ritchie and so i think one it was lovely to have her in the in the series and two i think um one of the things we take from the last adams family movie are the last you know kind of in incarnations of this franchise is that Gomez and Morticia are hopelessly, hopelessly in love with each other. And it's to the point where they're almost like couple goals. They're beloved on the internet, right? And I kind of enjoy this perspective of what's it like to be a child of a couple that are so involved with each other and so obsessed with each other to the exclusion of all else, including their children. I think that's I think that's from the original comics too, because the the idea the idea behind the Adams family, the comics, was they were the opposite of the stereotypical American family. So like, the daughter likes black instead of pink, and all things macabre. Um, the boy is uh, constantly having things done to him rather than doing things. Like he is the victim of all of the experiments and stuff. And I think kind of the funny joke of that is that, like, you know, back in the day, every couple was depicted as, like, bickering and fighting all the time. But Gomez and Morticia are the opposite of a normal American mom and dad. And so they love each other. Deeply. Um, But it is fun to kind of, because Wednesday sort of resents them for it. A little bit. She seems to. It's hard to tell with her because she's so gloomy. But she has some criticisms. Yes. Some of the, I'm going to get into some of that, my feelings on the show. And I think the aspects of the show that I think are odd or that I don't particularly like all come back to sort of one thing. And I think that's sort of tied into it. I, we're going to see as we go through my notes that, like, most of my notes are just examples. I was jotting down of, like, the one thing about the show that really bothers me. Oh, no. Okay, so should we dive into your notes? Sure thing. Okay. So can't tell if the joke about her being allergic to color is a joke in favor of or against accommodations. So this is what most of my notes are about are examples of this. I think this show is really great when it's being funny. I think it's really great when it's investigating the mystery. I think it's really great when they're doing the macabre, like, Adam's Family Wednesday stuff, where she's just like, oh, you're holding hands, gross, or whatever. She's just reacting to people being normal. And she will, like, she'll say things like, for example, uh, someone's asking her about her psychic vision. She says, oh, it's like being touched by, a, it's like touching a live wire, which is a sensation I normally enjoy. Stuff like that. They do that really well. The aesthetic of the show is great. It's the Tim Burton touch. Here's the thing that they don't do well. All of the, like, teen aspects of it. Mm. I think going into the whole, like, she's grossed out by her parents thing. I, It's been a while since I've watched the 90s movies. I can't remember if that was an aspect of it. I think that, I, I don't know if that's just supposed to be, like, she's a teenager, so she's rebellious or whatever. Or just, I guess in this they establish pretty well that she's just kind of anti-touching and anti-affection. Yeah, she does seem that way. The teen stuff, it drives me a little bit nuts. I don't understand what you mean by teen stuff. It is a school show with teenagers as the primary characters. Yes. So 
there's a couple things I mean by the tea and stuff. One, um, they do the academy thing, which I think is a very, very popular trope right now. Like it's a very it popular genre, um, which is fine. I think this works for Wednesday. And something I do like is that it's not just a school full of Wednesday Adamses. She still sticks out like a sore thumb here. Um, but I think it's a little, I don't know, it gets a little tropey of, like, it's her first day and Enid's like, uh, these are the stoners and it's the gorgons and, like, these are the, the furries and it's the werewolves or whatever and it's like... Furs, they're not furries. Yeah, but, like... (laughs) These are the furries. I, there's a lot of, like... Watch out for yiffing. (laughs) There's a, they do a lot of the tropey teen stuff that I feel like the Adams family is perfect to make fun of it, and instead they just do it. I liked it. I, it's not terrible. Nothing about well, the this aspect of the show is not terrible. There's I think a couple things that are off. The other teen thing that I think they do terribly that is and this is my last note on here. They try really hard to make other than Wednesday. They make all the kids try to talk like kids, and they try to use modern-day lingo. But this show is definitely, like, written by people who have no idea what kids talk like. And part of it is the fact that it is Netflix, and it is for... It's not an adult show. Like, it's perfectly, like, adults can watch it and have fun, but, like, they're not making it R-rated. And you know how teens talk? They cuss like fucking sailors. They do. So when you have kids using like internet speak and like AAVE and stuff like that, but they're all talking very cleanly, it comes off as inauthentic. There's a whole speech Enid gives, and she pulls her off her character very well. The actress that plays her is great. But there's a scene how she talks about how the thing she respects about Wednesday is most people pretend like they don't give an F, but you had never had any F's to give. And it's like, I'm sorry, it's no 16 year old is saying F. They're going to say fuck. (laughs) I'm looking at your notes and I think I'm going to be bummed because you appear to be criticizing a lot of the show. I wrote most of the notes I took was stuff that annoyed me, but some of these are. Good, and I want to say I like ninety percent of the show, and I really like like ninety percent of the show. But there's some stuff, and I'm not the first person to criticize these things. Yeah, it's been out for a while, so I'm sure. I I don't read a lot of TV and movie criticism, so I don't know what the critics are saying. Um, I know whether I like something or I don't, which, you know. All right, your next note is werewolf conversion camp is a metaphor they face planted on. Yeah, they didn't do that right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, conversion camp is a very specific thing and it's a very it's a very harmful thing to people. Um, but it is about changing someone into something they are not and Enid is a werewolf. So so the premise of conversion camp here is Enid struggles to fully shift. She can only shift claws. Um, Enid is Wednesday's roommate and my favorite character in the whole. Yeah, she's great. What I like about her is she has this immense pressure from her family to start shifting and she just hasn't. Um, and so she's got like a lot of, you know, she's got struggles. She's got she's got her own angst. She is the most happy, sunshiny person. Uh, She wants to be involved in all the school activities. She always wants to hug. At one point, she knits Wednesday a snood in black because Wednesday likes black. Um, She just is constantly... I like Enid because I think Enid is the sort of person I want to be, where I see the best in people. And 
I, she can keep on going and being herself and doing her thing, but she will do it with kindness towards people she can kind of see. Yes. And and so she is that for Wednesday. Wednesday is not reciprocal. Like a, a theme throughout the entire series is Wednesday's a kind of shitty friend. Yes. She sucks as a friend. Um, and Enid is a good friend. And I think that's admirable and sweet and wonderful. Uh, and Wednesday does does become a better friend throughout the series, but yes. And I, so I also really like Enid, and I think I spent a lot of time complaining about the teen talk aspect of the show. I think she's the one actress that really pulls it off because I think yeah, you you've met someone like that. Yeah, she's. You've, she is just uh, a true bubbly extrovert. I think the problem is because Enid can't shift, but she's always a werewolf. She always has the impulses. She's always like her snacks are like weird snacks that are werewolfy. I can't remember what they are, but she at some point is snacking on some sort of weird meat. Um, but she she's always a werewolf. She just can't shift. And I don't think that's the same. That's I don't think that's a good way to do conversion therapy. But I do think I do think it is a nod to the idea that um, werewolves are representative of queerness. I do. I th- I think that's why I said I think they they face planted on it. It's not that it's not. Not that you couldn't do that, but like Enid's story is not one of being different from her family. It's trying to live up to the pressure her mother is putting on her. Yeah, it's not a queer story. Yes, correct. Yes. There's not really a ton of queerness in the show. No, there isn't. And to be fair, there's two two romances. Yeah, if, it's not that. a it's not a hugely romantic show and I think the romances are I think that's something I really liked about them is uh, they're very much like they're back burner to the plot yes uh, and they may be useful to the plot but they're not super they're not super central to what we like about the show. Which I think is a good thing. Cause I think the like, like I said, with like the, I keep saying, come back to like the teen stuff, like the stuff that the show does really well is the mystery, which is the main focus. Mm-hmm. And it does the comedy and all the macabre stuff. And like all of that stuff is great. And so I love that that's mostly what they focus on. Yeah. Well, and I also think, Sometimes we get these teen shows and it's not that like teenagers don't date each other. Teenagers don't like teenagers get into all sorts of nonsense. Um, But I like a story where I, as an adult, very far removed from being a teenager, don't have to like sit there and go, Oh, teenage romance. Teenage romance is annoying. Yeah. It's super annoying. (laughs) And especially televised teenage romance, because it's like... Everybody's 30 and with ripped abs and just the most angst because they don't know how to freaking communicate. I will say one thing I did appreciate this show is everyone looks like teens. They're not... Yeah. Like, the boys are not all, like, hunky jocks who are, like, 27 and... They didn't Riverdale us? Yes. Like, the boys are, like appropriately like scrawny little goth kids and like um but yeah and it's also like you know i get why you can't have like 16 year olds doing like real nasty stuff on screen but like teen romance is like messy and it doesn't make sense and like it's hard to take what it's like to have like crushes and flirtations and like teen stuff and like clean it up for TV and have it not be annoying. Yeah. Anyways, I'm kind of glad that they did that, but I agree agree. with you. I don't think the conversion therapy metaphor works. 
Yeah, it's so that's. I wouldn't say it was like a huge complaint, but it was one of those things where even people who liked the show were like, they would keep using. I think I have another note about this somewhere, but like, they would use terms that are like. Yeah, woke is the right word, but no, but they did. They did use like a lot of. Phrases associated with queerness. We'll get to that next one. Um, it won't be the 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 next one I read, but I would like to pepper in some positives. <laughs> I promise I like the show more than I don't. I just the things that inspired me to go write down a note are things that frustrated me, with the exception of a couple jokes that were just really great. Uh, grenade fishing was a good joke. Oh, that was it. I think that epitomizes like the kind of jokes that are just perfect in this. And so the grenade joke is on family day when her family is visiting. Pugsley is goes and sits by the sits on a dock by the little pond, and he's all sad. And Wednesday goes to cheer him up, and like she has come to realize in his absence that she likes protecting him. Yes. And so they sort of have this bonding moment, and he is like, oh, don't be nice to me. It doesn't suit you. And she goes, oh, but uh, don't you want to fish? And he's like, oh, I'm not up for it. And she goes, but father packed your favorite bait. And he goes, really? And he opens it up, and it's just a paper bag full of grenades. <laughs> which is hysterical. <laughs> your favorite, he packed your favorite bait and it's just a bag of hand grenades yeah just live grenades that is just a the perfect like adam's family joke <laughs> yeah it was cute and that's something i think was so some of the tension with wednesday is she doesn't believe you should have connections to people they make you weak um but wednesday at her core likes to protect people that's why she becomes friends with eugene partially Yes. Uh, and it's why she cares so much about Eugene. I love Eugene. They're the only two members of the B Club, the Hummers. It's an uh, unfortunate I, name. So I, it, they are going to have a second season, and I think we'll, we'll talk about like stuff we want to be in the second season. But I would say one of the things is that Eugene sp- spends a good chunk of the season in a coma. And I really like his character, so I hope he gets some more time, like some more screen time. Yeah, Eugene is so good. He's so sweet. Okay, uh, your next note. You're toxic. Oh, yeah, that, so that was like in the last episode. She's having a fight with Xavier about all this stuff. And it's a recurring theme that people around Wednesday keep getting hurt. And I think this is one of those things where... People around her get hurt. There are moments where she's careless, certainly. But, like, bad people are hurting people in the show. And because she's trying to figure out who's doing it, it makes her a target. So people around her get hurt. I don't know that's necessarily her fault. But this is one of those examples of, like, the when it comes to a head and she has this fight, uh, Xavier says, like, you're toxic. And I I couldn't tell, kind of like on the, the... joke about her being allergic to color and they say oh well we got you a a special uniform and like i can't tell if that's people going like it's funny that we're using this in this way in a positive way or if it's going like oh these kids always accusing each other of being toxic or these kids always needing their accommodations i can't tell how the show feels about that because tim burton's old as fuck (laughs) No, no offense. Tim, Tim Burton is old as fuck. Uh, so this is the other one that touches on sort of queer adjacent phrasing. Uh, when Weems says, I didn't ask what she identified as, talking about Tyler's mother. Yes. So the you went over the monster that's killing people is called a hide like Jekyll and Hyde um Tyler's mother was a hide but then they stopped accepting hides at Nevermore because they're so uncontrollably violent uh that they would just kill people like they would rampage so his mother is triggered postpartum 
postpartum depression triggers her hide identity, and then she dies somehow. And Tyler is the son of the sheriff. So he's not suspected as being a monster because the monster's uh, normal. Or the, mm-hmm. the sheriff's normal. Sorry. And uh, which, frankly, it's a little fucked up. That the sheriff's like, oh yeah, I had this deeply monstrous wife. Uh, my son could be that kind of monster. We're just going to call it bear attacks and accuse all the students at the school. It is a little fucked up, for sure. I like the sheriff as a character. Not necessarily like like him morally or agree with him, but like he's a good character. You heard it here, Scooter likes cops. <laughs> I'm not saying he's invited to the bubble bowl. He's banned from the bubble bowl. It's okay. We know you back the blue. Don't you don't you accuse me of this on mic, you wench. <laughs> but yeah, they kind of use that sort of like trans adjacent phrasing that I see what your point is on that. Let's see. It's, it's I can't tell if it's bad because I can't tell if it's like Adults being like, well, this is how teens talk and not really understanding how loaded some of that language is. Or if it's like, this is how teens talk, you know, it's hard to tell the tone because I don't think the show is like mean about kids or anything like that. No. But every once in a while it just has that stuff in there and it always just feels off. It might just be that Tim Burton's old as fuck. I think that's what we're going to settle on is Tim Burton's old as fuck. So... Uh, your last one is that thing rules. Thing is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. For a lot of reasons, one ad- adorable. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have a character that doesn't talk. It's just a hand with hand signals. I love that it's practical. I love that it's a hand because there's a lot of CGI and stuff in the show, but this is just a hand doing little hand stuff. He's a cutie pie. Uh, what I will say is I really like, I'm always impressed in any of the Adams Family movies, but a hand, uh, like, for just, like, a disembodied hand thing is fairly charismatic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of impressive. He's about as, char- like, just a person's hand is about as charismatic as, like, a dog. He's very dog-like. Yeah. So. We're going to have to talk about it. Oh, no. What is it? Christina Ricci broke my heart. How did Christina Ricci break your heart? Well, so the hide has to be controlled by a master. And Christina Ricci plays a normie teacher um, who is controlling it and is... uh, She's really the mastermind behind all of this, and she's murdering everyone. And then, and then, she murdered Gwendolyn Christie. She did. That's not Christina Ricci's fault. Heartbreaking. It's, it was funny. I think I told you this. A friend of mine um, told, me, told me that when they were watching it, uh, Christina Ricci's character reminded them of me. I think it's just the boobs and the general bookish nature. Uh, but I don't know if they had finished this the show yet because she's the villain. I'm like, I really hope, I really hope what you're reminded of is not that I'm some sort of like serial killer. Yeah, this is a friend who I think has a habit of um, not always considering every every way that a, a, a comparison can be taken or the way that they say things can be taken. Let's not criticize my friends. No, we're going to criticize your friends. Bring up another friend and I'll tell you my least favorite thing about them. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, name a friend. You don't have to name them, but just insinuate who they are enough that I know who they are. And I'll just say my least favorite thing uh-uh. about them. Pick a friend. No. I'll do one of the dogs if you don't. You can do it to one of the dogs. I'm not doing it to one of our friends. Oh, my least favorite thing about Xena is that she yells at me all the time. Well, you should probably listen to her. If she didn't yell so much, I would. And also, I listen to her all the time. 
I'm very accommodating. Xena mm. is um, a delightful, delightful dog. We joke that she's the head of the union for the pets. And she is the bossiest of our dogs. Um, she has specific training that makes her bossy. She kind of has to be. Uh, but she really leans into it. She really excels in that training. But she's a good girl. Uh, Scooter loves her. Uh, but she's very much my dog. Yes, that's true. I would s- sadly say most of our dogs are a little more sunny oriented than scooter oriented. Yeah. You've well, got one. I love mama. I got yeah, I got one that prefers me. That's through a lot of hard work. Can I can we do an aside and we may cut this whole segment from the podcast. Okay. It's been bug it's been bugging me ever since it was brought up. Okay. The friend who compared you to Christina Ricci. So that it was in large part due to her having big tits. I don't think that Christina Ricci is a particularly bussy or B known for that. Like I think she's a pretty slender woman. She's not like particularly curvy in any this way. This is a weird one to argue about. I'm not arguing about it. It's more just like <laughs> this friend cited the boobs. She's also just always in a sweater in this. I don't think her boobs are ever like on display. We talk about people's breasts too much on this show. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get canceled. Yeah. You gotta stop, Scooter. I know. Like I said, I'm gonna get canceled. They're gonna come for me. The woke moralists are gonna get me, Sonny. Okay, Dr. Peterson. That reference is to um the Jordan Peterson bit that has been stuck in my head all day for some reason. It's just Jordan Peterson, that video he released that's what was it? Up yours, woke moralist. <laughs> yeah, it's up yours, woke moralist. We'll see who cancels who. Uh, that's the most nebbish thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there are there exist sound bites in the world that just live in my head all the time. That's one of them. The um the John Travolta, the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Oh my God. You asked me, you used that on me, I think. Oh, the day I interviewed for this job I have. And so we're not gonna get too much into what I do, but my the the interview process for the job that I do is very, very involved. It involves me doing like presentations and then I it's like a day or a day and a half long of interviewing with various, various people and committees and stuff. And Scooter that morning was some he he was like, Well, you're wickedly did or whatever i can't do it it was one of those days where it was like extra stuck in my head and it was the <laughs> wickedly because the soundbite is he's introducing adina menzel and he says the wickedly talented one of a kind adele dazim <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and so i was sitting there asking you for some sort of like emotional support this morning i, I was hyping prior you up. You were hyping who up? I was hyping you up by saying uh-huh. that you were wickedly talented and one of a kind. You were not hyping me up. <laughs> I was hyping you up. You were being silly. And I was like sitting there asking you for moral support because I was so nervous because I really wanted this job. Uh, and I did well. but <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got the job. Speaking of hyping you up and oh, no. job interviews and meetings, can you tell the people how you actually get ready for any kind of big day? You know, just the usual. Walk us through it. You, huh? don't have to cover, you don't have to cover every step, but whenever you have a big day, how do you get ready for it? I get up, uh, have my breakfast. Uh, uh, depending on if I have showered the night before, I may shower in the morning. Um, you know, I do my makeup and get dressed and, you know, the way people get ready. I can't tell if you're if you know what I'm asking you for. Oh, I know what you're asking. I'm just ignoring it. <laughs> tell the people. Tell the people how you get ready for big important stuff like the job interview. 
that got you when i am doing my eyeliner i play annie up by mop oh not just when you're doing your eyeliner we listen to it on the way to work in the car we also do that um well so here's the thing i'm not short but i am like on the smaller side uh i'm a pretty like uh i'm a fairly small woman I am in a profession that would not necessarily lend itself to gangster rap, but um, sometimes we have intense situations, and I know an intense situation is going to happen, or I know I have a big presentation, or I know that I'm going to have to do some other thing that makes me nervous. Um, So there is nothing better than just loud, angry music with some heavy bass to to make you feel like a badass. So yeah, that song sort of stands alone in how amped it is. They threatened to kidnap somebody, which I don't know why. That's so much. That sounds so much worse than like threatening. It's like, oh, I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. It's like to kidnap that fool is just like, oh my god. It it makes you shudder, but also you just like, yeah, you fucking kidnap him. Get his ass. <laughs> Get his ass. <laughs> um, I also listen to a lot of Run the Jewels though on those mornings. Yeah, it's I like Run the Jewels all the time. If I if I I love Run the Jewels, if I may speak for the intensity of um Annie Up by MOP, I would argue that we sort of cool off by listening to Run the Jewels. That's true, but like when I run the jewels songs, they talk about shooting a dog and a baby. Oh, I run the jewels is pretty intense. They are. They don't threaten to kidnap anybody, though. Because <laughs> unlike MOP... Run the Jewels has a very specific moral compass. Yeah. <laughs> and kid- kidnapping is so far over the line. I don't know why it is, but it is. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't kidnap anybody. No, you should not. Are there are times when it's okay to kill somebody. I think we both acknowledge that there's, you know, instances histor- both historical and political in which violence is sometimes necessary, but it is never necessary to kidnap anybody. That's not true. When would you kidnap somebody? What if, like, there was an important bill in the House of the Senate and you just needed to hold Mitch McConnell hostage for a little bit? Sonny. <laughs> if I said that, you would have muted your mic and been like, turn it edit it out turn it <laughs> get rid of that turn it off just saying like there's a situation where you don't want to hurt somebody but you know you maybe want them to not be available for a little while this podcast does not endorse the kidnapping of anybody <laughs> including even some of our worst politicians some of mitch mcconnell is our worst politician I- I'm not arguing that there will not... That turtle is the most evil man in American politics. I am not arguing that there will not someday (laughs) be a need for revolutionary action that may or may not involve a guillotine, for example. But I hope that we are never part of a political movement that kidnaps people. I I can't explain why it's so much worse. But it is, and it's why that so- it's why that song is in a league of its own for like just getting you ready to fucking fight. <laughs> I remember when you found out that's how I put on my makeup. Because here's the thing: not it's not <laughs> like the most it's not like the most famous song. It's not it's it's one of those things where like cool cool people know about Annie Up, let alone listen to it. So when you were just like, oh, I gotta listen to Annie Up to get hyped up. It was a two-part thing of one that's I didn't cool t- as hell, and two, I didn't know my wife knew about the song Annie Up. So, <laughs> I didn't just volunteer this information, though. You walked in on me trying to get my wing on my eyeliner just perfect, and I was, like, being very meticulous with it. And you walked in, and you kind of know not to interrupt me whenever I am trying to get eyeliner on, especially liquid liner. And, and you just sort of looked around. I could see you in my mirror. And then you just go, is this Annie up? Yeah, it was an important question. <laughs> and, and 
you were so blown away. Like you had to sit down and talk to me about. Absolutely. I didn't know my. I don't know why that was so weird to I you. I didn't know my wife was a freak like that. <laughs> oh, you knew who I was. I, no, no, no. I knew you were a freak. I didn't know you were a freak like that. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's niche. It's a pretty popular song, but it's one of those things where it's, it's not for everybody. And it's like, I don't know if you went out on the street and asked people to name like 10 rap songs, like very few people would probably list Annie up. So it was just exciting that you were into it. It's like, uh, when I was in college, I bonded with a pair of my roommates because they heard me listening to tech nine in the shower. And they were like, you know, meet a lot of people who like tech nine, let alone blast it in the shower. And it's like, all right. Annie Up is just kind of in that. It's cool. It's it's like it's it's not it's outside the mainstream enough to be cool. So I have weird musical taste, but not in a cool way. I think it's in a cool way. I think you're cool. Uh, Maybe you Maybe you're cool. weird musical taste too. Yeah. Um. Are you saying I'm not cool? You have. Taste in music that is more universally viewed as good. Meanwhile, I've got, um, I've got, I like stuff that people haven't heard of before. And I think it's weirder to you if I hear a popular song and I'm into it and I know about it. But like, not even a popular song, but a song that is considered canonically good, right? I kind of see what you mean. Because, I don't know. My favorite song, I think, is um, Pageant of the Bazaar by Zero Seven. Is that your favorite song? It's my favorite song. Of all songs? Yeah. Why would you think it was? I mean, I probably would have guessed, like, Any Man of Mine by Shania Twain or Fancy by Reba. Uh, Fancy is definitely my favorite country song. Fancy is a good song. Fancy is a great song. Yeah. And Reba does it better than anyone else. I'll say this about Reba. Reba does a nice murder ballad in general. Um, but anyways. I don't know. But like, what's your favorite song? That's a pretty good question. Hard to say, right? It is hard to say. Oh, it's also, I don't know, the first ones that pop into my head are... Like, honest, honestly... I just might get me canceled. My favorite song might be Last Caress by the Misfits. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is a good song, but it's very dark. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's okay to like dark music. We like some pretty dark music. We That's have tickets fair. to a band I'm not going to name on air. Uh, <laughs> but... We will, we will be going out to see them uh, shortly after this podcast airs. And uh, Scooter is not super into them, but a friend uh, of mine really likes them. And uh, it's a band I've never listened that to. That friend is never going to listen to this podcast. So I'm going to go out and say it. They're actually really good. I do not want them to, I don't, I don't want my friend no. to get more smug about it, but <laughs> they're actually a really good band. I really like them. I, I have not listened to any of their music and I probably won't until we go to this concert. Uh, is there a reason we're not going to name the band? Um, because their tour dates are pretty limited. Uh, give away where we live. Yeah, but they are a very strange band. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't know. I like weird stuff. It's the Wiggles. Huh? It's the Wiggles. We're going yeah, to see we're going Wiggles. to see the Wiggles. We're going to go see the Wiggles in Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> Scooter, this is going to be real embarrassing, but I have to ask. Um, what are the Wiggles? You don't know what the Wiggles are? No. Toot toot, chugga chugga, big red car? What? Fruit salad, yummy yummy? are you talking about oh my god fruit salad yummy yummy fruit salad yummy yummy all right 
I still don't know what the Wiggles are, but I want to move on from this. The Wiggles are an Australian quartet of like children's music performers. They were really big when I was in like middle school when um, my niece was living with us and she was like one years old. And so I knew all the words to every Wiggles song and she had little dances that went to it. And it was a trick I would show all my friends where I would sing any Wiggles song and she would start doing a tiny one-year-old choreographed dance. That's adorable. It's very adorable. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good joke in Scrubs where um, Turk and Dr. Cox bond over having children. And since JD doesn't have kids, he doesn't understand. They talk about going to see the Wiggles in concert. And Turk says, Did they play Big Red Car? And Cox goes, They opened and closed with it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so. I think we've gotten very far off track. This is going to be one of our squirrely episodes, isn't it? Our TV episodes are squirrely. Yeah, there's just so much to cover, and I think we just get into tangents about things we find interesting or funny. Um, yeah, it's. I. I also. I don't think it's all that interesting for us to just like talk and talk and talk about like the plot of a TV show. People can go watch it. It's not like a book where there's like real juicy stuff to dissect. I think we got we got our TV talk out of the way, and now we're we, now we're just squirrely time. <laughs> we get some real squirrely episodes. Uh, we are, we are not ones for consistency. Um, consistency is for rubes. Rubes. <laughs> oh yeah, rubes. Uh, I've got my witch cackle on tonight, which I guess is appropriate since this is uh, coming out in October. One of our sp- spooky episodes. Oh, Ooh, sp- Scooter and I have plans for our oh, so spooky. Please stop. We have oh, Halloween costume. Talk about the spooky plans. Scooter? Sonny? You know how we said we were got to stop talking about people's boobs? Yeah. You also got to stop making suggestive mouth noises like that. Yeah the fuck are you a cat girl okay okay <laughs> Over there. meow oh i'm just Please a little stop. oh i'm just a little cat stop. boy just a little cat boy meow i'm so submissive i'm so breedable just a little cat, <laughs> just a little cat boy meow oh, look absolutely at my not. My little ears and my furry paws <laughs> and my little bubble butt are still cat boy meow. <laughs> what is okay. Speaking of things that are stuck in my head forever, there's oh. a, a tweet I love. If you are familiar with the actor Walton Goggins, he played Boyd Who? Crowder. Walton Goggins. Oh yeah. There's a tweet that just says in Walton Goggins' voice, "Oh, you a cat boy." <laughs> <laughs> and I think, oh, you a cat boy all the time. Hold on, Zonky's barking. I should go let them out. Yeah. All right, give me a minute. So, for those of you on the podcast who don't know this, Cooter doesn't like blood. Grosses him out. One of my crowning achievements as a wife was explaining to him the concept of red wings, which is uh, when you eat a girl out uh, on her period. To him, what via text I, I think i did this via text no i was on the phone with you i was talking to you but i explained this to you while you were eating a can of cold spaghettios so it was red chunky and metallic <laughs> so horrified <laughs> it's one of my proudest moments we weren't even married at this time uh it was just just some friendly bonding. You're talking about when you ruined SpaghettiOs for me? <laughs> I didn't ruin SpaghettiOs for you. I ruined a can of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I don't even think, was it SpaghettiOs or was it my... It was SpaghettiOs. Was it the thing I would... The... Oh, you mean bargain SpaghettiOs? No, this these were legitimate SpaghettiOs. Scooter... Was the thing I did where I made ramen noodles in tomato soup? And cut up hot dogs and put Tony Sasheries on it. 
No, I I would just do ramen noodles in that. You added the Tony Sacheries when I, I did tried not, to make Scooter, because when I found out what you were doing, I immediately thought it was an abomination and banned it from being cooked in my own home. It's why you don't cook it anymore, because I live here and I think it's an abomination. And the only time you could do it is whenever I am not here for some reason. I don't cook it as far as you know, but it gets it gets cooked. Good God. I like to slurp it down. Just no. 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 I'm putting my foot down, Scooter. <laughs> He's just over there on his side cackling. <laughs> You're funny. You're not laughing at me. You're I laughing because you think your joke was funny. You thought your gross tongue noises were funny. No, I'm laughing at you saying you're putting your foot down. Not because I don't respect your authority, but just uh, you're cute. You're, no, you're you make fun of me whenever I put my foot down sometimes. You're cute if you think you can stop me from making that noise. <laughs> Scooter? Last time I did noises like this, the mic did not pick it up on the recording, so... I'll, I'll, we may be cutting a lot of this because it's just you reacting to silence. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. But you love me. <sighs> I do. Is it? Is it time for us to wrap up? I think it is. I think this is going to be a shorter episode. I think that's. I think our sh- like an hour. I think is what we should shoot for. We've had a couple that are really long. And I don't... Because we're doing those damn Throne of Glass books. And don't get me wrong, Saturday Moss, lovely books. And we're probably going to have a long one for the Court of Thorns and Roses books. But um, when you're doing three or four books at a time, it just takes forever. Those roses are so thorny. So many thorns in those roses. Boo. So helpful. Sonny, so help me, Sonny. That got away from me. Yep. Yeah, it did. All right, so gotta do PSA corner. Oh Lord! As always, help your local apex predator to keep your rivers and lakes clean. Pick up your mm. trash. Don't litter. Uh, Sonny, do you have a PSA to add today, or do you want me to do the secondary PSA? Um, I think you're going to have to do it yourself. I did the last one that we recorded. I don't know what listen order it's in, but I did the last one we recorded. Oh, yeah, we record everything out of order. Oh, we're terrible about it. Here's a PSA. Oh, no. Doesn't matter what you do for a living, always helps to learn Excel. Just a basic understanding of Excel will get you through a lot of situations in life. And you know what? It's not just for business. You can do Excel for pleasure. Oh, yeah. One year I read a whole lot of books, and I I kept an Excel spreadsheet because a lot of them were smut, and I did not want that on any kind of social media. So Goodreads was right out. All right. I got an Excel spreadsheet where I track the uh, final standings of all of the teams in my uh, Dynasty playthrough on NCAA 14 on the Xbox 360, and I do that because I use a relegation system in which I move bad teams out of good conferences into the lower conferences and then move lower conference teams up. And for anyone who gives a shit about football, it's a radical idea. And I do that, and I'm a little nerd about it, and I color code it so that when I look back on it, I can see, I can easily see, oh, these were the conference champions. Nerd. I am a nerd. I love spreadsheets. I like spreadsheets. I laugh so hard. I had this person was a new supervisor for me too, actually, at one point. Um I went and I went to their office for uh like um orientation when they took over a department I was in and then they were only my supervisor for like a month. But um anyways. I went to their department, to, uh, to their office to meet with them, and somehow my birthday came up, and they said, oh, you're a Virgo? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not an astrology person. I do not know what half the shit people say means about astrology. 
I swear to God, this person goes, so you must love spreadsheets. I was like, oh, I do. I'm I'm a Gemini and I love spreadsheets. So I don't know that that person even knows what they're talking about. I think everybody who understands spreadsheets loves spreadsheets. And that's your PSA for today. Spreadsheets can help you in your work life. They can help you in your personal life. They can be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You can do some weird stuff with a spreadsheet. My God, we're boring. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not. We're not boring. Spreadsheets are just that fun. So that's our PSA for this month. Learn how to use Excel. It doesn't have to be Excel. You know, there's Google Sheets if you have like a Google Drive. There's you know all kinds of knockoffs and stuff. But spreadsheets can help you. Use a spreadsheet. Use it to track you know donations you make to wildlife foundations use it to track hours you've logged cleaning up highways and rivers and streams uh, do not use it to log any crimes you commit against the bourgeoisie 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 i'm pronouncing it the american way bourgeoisie bourgeoisie that's one of my that's one of my that's not one of my top words it's not, you know, above denouement, which, as we know, is number four. I haven't revealed the top three yet. I don't know that I've used them. If I have, I have not uh, taken the time to point out that they're one of the top three words. But everyone knows denouement is my number four. Denouement is not a word you use outside of this podcast. I say denouement all the time. Do you have a, do you have a fun word for us? It doesn't have to be your favorite word. Do you have a fun word for us? Um, mine's kind of boring. Go for it. Impale. Impale is a good one. I like the word impale. It's very visceral. Yeah, I like something that's visceral. It can be... I'm more of a phrases person. Like, I, I phrases and concepts stick with me. Words, not more. Hit me with a phrase. My favorite, like, southern phrase that <laughs> that is just sad and tired is the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Because it's just such resigned exhaustion to, like, your complete lack of control over the world, but you got plans. Well, and that's also, that's a very Cajun phrase of, like, the worst thing that could happen is that water levels go up. Oh, we got boats. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but, like, the, the creek rising is, is bad, you know. It's just, you don't want floods. I, you know, my, you know, my favorite southern phrase is, uh, that dog, that dog just won't hunt. The dog won't hunt. The dog won't hunt. It's a good one. Southern phrases are fun. And sometimes I had this problem of not realizing that some of the stuff I say is just not normal. So, like, I got, I, every now and then I'll say something and somebody sad eyes me. No one should be sad eyeing you. Yeah. People love to steal our, the way that Southerners talk. And they do. We invented modern gender neutrality with y'all. Let me tell you. Whenever I was in elementary school, I want to know if you had this experience, but I had an elementary school teacher show us the proper way to use and punctuate the word ain't and y'all <laughs> like that was in my classroom. Well, I being young and in Florida, Florida is in some ways the South and in some ways not. And I was not from a part of Florida that was very Southern, like not geographically, but I mean like culturally. And so it was like drilled into our heads, like ain't is not a word. Well, so they would do that. You'd ha we, we <laughs> I'll remember this chance the day my to the day I die. They'd have us like all chant ain't ain't a word. Oh, yeah, ain't ain't a word, so I ain't gonna use it. Was the joke? Yeah, ain't ain't a word to my like little brain because I, I was a I was a pain in the ass kid. I always had to know why. I always had a question, but it didn't make sense to me. I was like, clearly, it's a word we're using. I guess the idea that everything is relative really clicked with me early. Yeah. I was like, well, who decided it's not a word? We're using it. I think we've reached the end of our, our podcast. I think we're both in a state where yeah, I'm if, getting, we get, if we get going, we're going to ramble. Yeah, I'm getting rambly. All right. You want, you want to say anything before I sign us off? I hope you all have a happy Halloween and you get to do some spooky stuff. That's what I was trying to say. And you wouldn't. You got all weird with the noises. I was going to tell them what our Halloween costume plans were. This may change because uh, we still got two months. But I was going to go as Miss Frizzle and Scooter 
was going to be my chameleon. She's lying about that. And not. We yeah. were going to do it where I was dressed as a poodle skirt and stuff, and he was dressed like a poodle, but we thought people would assume that was a sex thing. So, chameleon it is. That's also not an easy-to-explain concept, because if we do that and people ask what we are, I can say I'm a poodle, but you would just be a woman in a poodle skirt. <laughs> Which is not a costume. It is, if I decide it is. Uh, hope y'all have a great Halloween. Uh, we will see you next episode with the Court of Thorns and Roses books, the first three of them. Uh, we will be skipping the novella, as is our way. And then in November, we'll bump up to A Court of Silver Flames. All right. We've been Sunny and Scooter. This has been Swamp People. As always, I will never apologize. <laughs> and this has been for... The himbos, the bimbos, and the thembos. We love you.